When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Joining us now is best-selling author, a columnist, and nationally syndicated radio talk show host, Dennis Prager. Dennis, I'm so grateful to be talking with you. Thanks for joining us on Takeaways. Uh, I'm, I'm particularly interested in talking with you about faith and about family. Uh, so many of our viewers, our parents, our grandparents, I have six kids, they're getting married, they're thinking about kids, I'm, I'm looking at, at grandkids in the near future, and all of us are understandably concerned about the potential future of the world in which our kids are gonna be living. So uh, let me share with you uh, something from a new report that came out that says that uh, among Gen Z, uh, the population of nuns has doubled, and, and they're not talking about women in habits who have taken a vow of chastity, they're talking about those who when asked, what's your religious affiliation, they say, none. They're saying that atheism has doubled in this young generation. Do you think that's true, and wh why the shift? There's no question it's true. It's, uh, it's been increasing for 100 years. When you are immersed bathed in a sea of secularism, what do you expect the results to be? Kids are taught by secular teachers in secular schools, watch secular movies. Everything is secular. It, it would be like asking somebody in, in medieval Italy uh, to be an atheist as opposed to a Catholic. Everything was Catholic around him, so he was a Catholic. So everything around them is secular, so they're secular. And it, it's, it, it's a given in their schools that that is the only way to approach life if you are a rational human being. They are because that's all they've been exposed to, including at home, and even if the parents believe in God, they have not been given the single most important question, answer to the most important question not does God exist, why is God important? Well, I think you make such, such great points. And um, you know, it, it's, it's true, I've heard it said, if we send our children to Caesar to be educated, we shouldn't be surprised if they come back Romans. And if we're sending our kids right. to that kind of schooling, what, what, what would we expect yes. when they're being discipled by it? However, uh, when we look around the world, the, the world, uh, not just the United States, but the world is, is overwhelmingly religious. You have billions of Muslims, billions of Christians, you have all of these Hindus. And um, it's interesting to me that, that the Bible that we believe in says that God doesn't believe in atheists. He's given so much evidence of his existence that they're without an excuse. When I look at the sun and the moon and the stars and the birth of my children and the sunset and all of these things, uh, uh, I, I, I think I have hidden agendas if I'm going to determine that all of this came about without a divine creator. History demonstrates that atheism is really a, a dying idea. It, it's a fruitless worldview, and it ultimately produces the kinds of uh, totalitarian regimes and dictatorships that really result in disaster for the people who are underneath those kinds of uh, uh, 
governments. The consequences of secularism are disaster. As I tell my fellow Jews, most of whom don't listen to me on this matter, but I tell them, you know, you should just be aware when Christianity died in Europe, we got fascism, communism, and Nazism. Why would you want it to die in America? Great point. Speaking of um, things that are under attack in our culture, I'd love to talk with you about family for just a moment and the importance of it. There was a movie that I saw that really impacted me called The Giver. Had some great actors in it. Um, uh, Jeff Bridges, uh, Meryl Streep, even Taylor Swift was uh, playing a small role in this movie where you had this utopian society controlled by this elite group of elders and they took away everyone's choices because they thought they'd make bad choices. So they controlled the weather so that all the crops would grow. They took away your feelings of joy or anger or hatred so there would be no uh, jealousy or wars. And importantly, they took away the family. And so when children were born, they uh, had certain standards to meet, and if they didn't meet the height and weight standards, they were released into elsewhere. And the ones that survived were placed not into homes, but dwellings, not into families, but units. They didn't get a mom and a dad, but a parent who was appointed, and they didn't have last names. They were just first name only. And then they donated their childhood to the organization or the community and they thanked them for their service and then appointed them uh, to their vocation for the rest of their life. Why not just do away with the family and have children be property of the state and let them educate them in the way that they want? Why, is that a, why would that be a bad idea? Well, it's, I'll tell you why it's a bad idea, but before that, I just want you to know it's already happening. I've gone through different periods of my life asking myself, so what's the most important of the Ten Commandments? There was a long time I thought it was do not steal, because uh, murder is the stealing of a life, adultery is the stealing of a spouse, coveting is the, is the stealing, is the desire to steal something that belongs to another. Right. But in the last few years, I've come to think honor your father and mother is the most important one. And there's evidence from within the Ten Commandments because it is the only one of the Ten Commandments which promises a reward. You will uh, live long on, uh, on the land that I give you. Your society will only survive if, if children honor parents, which means if there's parental authority. The first thing every cult does is try to sever parental authority. This uh, was done by the Nazis. This was done by the communists. This was done by all, all the uh, little cults that, that developed like the one where they drank the Kool-Aid, which is where we get the idea of drinking Kool-Aid from. And that's what they do. Uh, they, uh, in, in Nazi Germany, you were, your loyalty was to Hitler, not to your parents. Uh, in communist uh, Soviet Union, uh, you, you took a, a loyalty oath to, to the party, not to your parents. The family is the bulwark against totalitarianism. The left everywhere, there's no exception, seeks to be totalitarian, not liberals. I distinguish between liberals and the left. The liberals are naive and they don't fight the left, but they're not leftists. But the left always creates a totalitarian state wherever they can. And it begins with uh, the substitution of state authority for parental authority. That, that should just serve as a, as a call to all of us as moms and dads and grandparents to see our calling as a sacred duty to raise our children and to give them the values that are important 
for their future and the future of humanity. Perhaps the, the, the greatest crisis that our kids are going to have to deal with in 20 to 30 years. I mean, is it, is it global warming? Is it another pandemic? Is it something worse than that? What's what, what should we really be thinking about and praying about? Well, the, you don't you don't need to go to 20 to 30 years. It's it's immediate. The crisis is here right now. 20 to 30 years from now is way too late. Your your kids are told the following. Your future is death, existential threat of global warming. One of the grandiose uh, lies of history. Not that the earth is not getting warmer. That's not the lie. The lie is that you're, it's an existential threat. It means a threat to the existence of the world. That's a lie. It's not a lie that the earth is getting warmer. Uh, and uh, so your future is death and your past is awful. You're, you, you're the founders of this country were scum. That's basically what they're taught. So you have no past and you have no future. That's what they get going to school which is why parents should take their kids out of most schools. Do you have hope? And if you do, what are some opportunities that kids can take advantage of to prepare themselves for what they can do? Um, and, and I guess, what are, some what are some opportunities of parents that we can do to help prepare our kids for the future? The first thing people need to understand in answering your question is what's the problem? The problem is that whatever the left touches, it destroys. Look at what it's done to colleges and the arts and everything else that I enumerated. Therefore, why would you send your child to a regular school, private or public? That's not just public schools. You know, they, the, the claim of the left is we teach the bad as well as the good about America. But the, it's, a, it's, a, it's a huge lie because they don't teach anything good about America. Nobody, no conservative objects to teaching the bad about America. But we, we want to teach young people that along with the bad, this has been the best country ever devised. Not because, I don't say it because I'm American, I'm saying it because it's true. The best thing that could happen tomorrow is millions of parents take their kids out of schools, homeschool them, or send them to a school that, uh, that doesn't teach them lies about American history. That's, those are your only two choices, a, a, a decent school or homeschool but continuing to send them to regular school and then shipping them off to college, uh, which is so bad that I came up with a, uh, <laughs> I came up with it with a little, a meme, uh, better, uh, about the college years, better intoxicated than indoctrinated. <laughs> so boy, that boy, that, that, that's so true. And, uh, Dennis, I want to continue our conversation. We need to take a break. We're going to have more with Dennis Prager when we come back on takeaways. Hey, welcome back, everybody. We're back with Dennis Prager to talk about the importance of our children's education, both inside the classroom and outside the classroom. Dennis, let me ask you, do you think that we are raising thoughtful children today, or are we creating clones in our schools who are programmed with only one train of thought? We haven't been raising thoughtful children since World War II. That's why the baby boomers are, are blamed, and to a large extent, I think, uh, valid with validity uh, for the, the terrible crisis in our civilization. We, we don't raise thoughtful uh, kids at school. Uh, if you think differently than the teacher, you are smeared, as 
you know, white supremacist, racist, homophobic, Islamophobic, whatever the term de jour is. That's the last thing that uh, kids are taught. Look, if you have to say men give birth, then clearly you're not taught to think. Men do not give birth. It, it is, it's almost trite to say men give birth is a lie. Men give birth is an absurdity. It transcends lie. And everybody knows that it's, it's, it's an absurdity, but you have to go along with what is uh, now demanded of you. Otherwise, y- you face, uh, in many cases, terrible consequences, the, the, what they call the cancel culture. Men, men don't give birth. I mean, but now if the sciences have even been corrupted because now many medical groups are using birthing person instead of mother. Mm. Birthing person. Yeah. How can so many people buy into absurdities and lies? How, how, does, how do you make sense of that? I mean, why, why would doctors buy into that? Why would, why would trained professionals, educated people uh, all be complicit in something that we know is taking us down a wrong road and seems to defy logic and reality. How, how, does, a, how, does, a, how does a whole thing like that even, even come about? There are two answers, uh, and that is brainwash and cowardice, bad combination. First, the brainwash. It, apparently, for most people, not all, but most, unfortunately, which is why the founders didn't believe in making a democracy but a republic, because they knew that the majority could so often be wrong. For most people, if they hear something enough, they believe it. I studied, uh, oddly enough, very few people had this as a major. I studied communist affairs and totalitarianism. I was at Columbia University Graduate School of International Affairs. And uh, I studied Russian, so I read the Soviet communist newspaper every day, Pravda. And I believed for much of my life, that it was only possible for the media to brainwash a population in a dictatorship. But I was wrong. I've realized only in the last few years, the media could brainwash people in a free country. And that is what has happened here. I mean, if you're told something enough, no matter how absurd it is, then you will believe it. And the other is cowardice. People are not courageous by nature. Courage is the rarest of all the good traits. There are many kind people, but there are very few courageous people, and kindness without courage is worthless. So uh, since people don't want to be uh, unliked, uh, disliked, or even hated, they go along with the majority. Those Those are my two answers to your question, how could this happen? Well, Dennis, one of the things that I love is the fact that you're helping to uh, fight against this brainwashing. Uh, we get it everywhere that we go. It's, uh, it's on our phones, it's in, on our computers, it's, it's everywhere, it's in music and movies. It just seems like the, uh, you know, the, the, the wrong set of values are being pumped into our homes every single day. And with what you're doing at PragerU and the PragerU videos, uh, just love them. I appreciate them on a personal level, not only for myself, but also for my kids. What can you suggest as an antidote for cowardice. Where where do you personally find your courage to do what you do? I've thought about this a lot. I even even gave a lecture on how to become a courageous person. It's it's available. I'm not trying to sell anything, but 
I don't, I don't even own the rights to it. Uh, my, my syndicator does the Prager store. I mean, I don't know, it's $10. It's, it, it's really nothing, but I just want people to know I actually gave a lecture on this because I've thought about it so hard, but in a nutshell, without telling people how to develop it, where does it come from is what you asked. So I think it comes in many cases from one's own nature. Uh, I, I'm, I, I, I've always thought if I grew up in a communist country, I would have been sent to the gulag. I can't handle uh, faking it. It's just, it, it's against my nature. The other is I, I fear God and therefore I don't fear man. Most religious people fear people more than they fear God. Most religious people are not religious. It, it's, not, it's not an attack. It's, it's not a lament. It's just a fact. Most religious people, their, their religiosity is, is pretty superficial. And this is a perfect example. Whom do you fear, fear more? Do you fear uh, Facebook more or God more? Every religious person should ask themselves that question then they'll get courage. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. I, I, I've read that That's another, over and over that, and over. Yes. It's also the beginning of courage. There is no wisdom in any secular institution. That proves that that verse from the Bible is accurate. Name me one secular institution with wisdom. The, there is not a university with wisdom, and they're, they're all secular. The most secular institution is the stupidest. That's where you learn men give birth, at college. College is radically godless <laughs> and secular. Oh, boy. If, 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 if our parents and grandparents you know, could only listen to the conversations that are happening around our, our coffee tables these days, they would be shocked that we're even having these kinds of conversations. Um, but we are, it's the reality, it's the day we live in. And uh, I just want to just highlight and mention the value of PragerU videos. Uh, they're so great. I just love the way that you distill complicated topics into, into their, their essence. And within five minutes or less, uh, we can learn about what socialism is, what communism is, what totalitarianism is, what a republic is, uh, what it means to be woke or what it means to be racist or what it means to be whatever and what it doesn't mean. And, and I'm so grateful for those things. Well, thank you for mentioning it. I, I, I will say... Uh, People can dismiss it because my last name, coincidentally, is the same as PragerU. But uh, there's no doubt in my mind that if your child studied the 500 five-minute videos that we have up and the associated readings, they would know more and they would be far wiser and happier human beings than if they went to Princeton. And it will not only cost you less monetarily, it will cost you less, less in heartache. That's right. You know, when I meet parents with traditional values, uh, I, I'm very forward with strangers. And so I say, how many kids do you have? Let's say they say three, four. I say, so I'm curious, how many of them share your values? And almost none say all of them. And some say none of them. They went to college. Dennis, I'm 50 years old. My plumb line for truth is the scriptures. I love and fear God. That's the source of my courage and my wisdom. Let me ask you, how do you make your faith and your family values 
attractive to your kids so that they would buy in to these values? I mean, how are you personally presenting this in a way that's going to be attractive to those you love the most? Right. And how's it working? Well, if parents don't talk about good values to their children constantly, yep. there's no chance. And, and that's about America, and it's about God, and it's about the Bible. It's about all of these things. So that, that was one thing that I did. I, I, you know, I didn't drive them crazy, but I, I, I would talk about it. Another, another one in my case, uh, which I wish more Christians took seriously, is the, uh, the Sabbath. One day a week, leaving the world and devoting it to family, friends, and synagogue or church uh, is life transforming. I cannot imagine a religious life. I can't even imagine a happy life without the Sabbath. Uh, one day a week to tune out of media. I mean, I'm, I do media for a living. I don't listen to radio, watch TV, uh, or go to the movies. Uh, it is a day for family, friends, and God. It's a pretty powerful combination. And it is the source of, of a lot, a big source of my happiness and of my stability and of my religiosity. It's the only ritual in the Ten Commandments, and the Bible's filled with rituals. It, it used to be important in America Sunday. And uh, this is why, this is an example of how I say secularism or the left has influenced the religious far more than the religious have influenced the society. And the Sabbath is a perfect example. It was a very, very big deal in American history. It is basically nothing today, including for most Christians. I was not raised in a religious home, and so uh, my mom and dad didn't uh, take the Sabbath and, and uh, treat it as holy. Uh, we, were, we were playing around, going to the beach and, and body surfing in Santa Monica, and we were, we were uh, watching TV and doing those things. Uh, we didn't go to church, but fortunately, thankfully, uh, God rescued me and, and he changed my heart and he opened my eyes and I lost my faith in atheism at 17, 18 years old. And I, I looked up and I said, I want to become the person that you created me to be. And uh, it was someone who took me to church and I heard a message that changed my life. So I'm so grateful for that. And today I'm doing what you're saying. Uh, the Shema has been the foundation for us raising our kids and talking about the important things like you're saying. And I would add to that, maybe in the, uh, in the new and updated version uh, of the Shema, maybe the, the, the PragerU Foundational 500 will be tacked on to the end. Dennis, thanks so much for joining us today. 